When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ten thirty two. I hope that's not the case after working with Emma Gilmore over the summer of motorsport, though she drives me crazy. She certainly drives very, very quickly in a car, particularly a rally car and an extreme e car. And Emma Gilmore joins us right now. I'm assuming live from the Suzuki dealership in Dunedin. That's correct. That's correct. I hope I don't drive you crazy as well. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, Ems. How are you, man? Yeah, good, thank you, good. Yeah, I've got a bit of sunshine here in Dunedin, so, uh, yeah, feeling a lot happier. Oh, well, you'll be, you'll be pleased to know with my connection from Wing & Mo's, I am driving a Suzuki Vitara at the moment, so we're in, we're, in, oh, we're, in the, we're in the same space for the moment. I said for the moment, okay? Uh, talk, to me about, talk to me about this concussion. I've been really worried about you because you had the, the big rollover in your Extreme with McLaren, and how bad has this concussion been? Yeah, it's uh, it's unusual. I mean, it's, I didn't have a lot of dizziness. I didn't have a lot of headaches, but the fatigue was a real problem. So yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I mean, it's four months on now, and I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now. I mean, I still haven't actually been in a car yet, so it's been a long, long recovery. But you know, those first couple of months was was pretty tough going, and I had to spend a lot of time resting. It was it was very tiring and very draining. Scariest injury you've ever had. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I, I did have a, a bad concussion early on in my career. I had a big accident up in, in Whangarei, um, and that was that was a big accident as well. I guess the thing that was a bit different with the Extreme E accident was I, I never saw it coming. You know, the car, I was kind of like, I was looking up the track thinking, oh, yeah, that's where we're heading. And then I was like, uh-oh, the car's still rotating on me. I don't know what I'm going to do at this speed yeah. Um, yeah, with this car and on this terrain. So, yeah, I was already along for the ride. And um, and then the fact you've got drones there and however many multiple camera and, and video angles, you sort of get an idea of, of how violent the crash was. Your time with McLaren, first woman to ever drive as a factory driver for McLaren. How would you describe that experience? Uh, it still feels surreal. Like it still feels, I you know, like there were times, you know, like when I was at the, at the Goodwood Festival of Speed last year, and you're there driving Denny Holmes' nineteen seventy Can Am, and you're like, pinch me. Like, how did I end up here? It's just been. It was an absolute fairy tale. It really was, and um, and I loved every minute of it. I always knew it was never going to be something that would last forever. So you know, I guess that comes with maturity and experience. And so I just really enjoyed everything I did with them, and I always put my hand up for any opportunities that I could. So absolutely loved it. It was um, it was really special, and, and it's great to still be part of the McLaren family and, and being such a um, you know a part of their history. It's just yeah, I still feel very very proud. How, what was that Can Am like to drive at Goodwood? <laughs> it was it was just 
beautiful. Like the sound, my God, oh, it was yeah. like that's what you know you fall in love with, like the V8, you know, eight liter V8. My God, like your, your ears kind of bled if you were outside the car. <laughs> it wasn't so loud when you're inside it. So, and I'd forget that once I had my helmet on and my earplugs in, and I'd be revving it away, and everyone else around just kind of like putting their fingers in the ears because it was so damn loud. But um, just it was amazing the first time I drove it out of the pits, and you just accelerate and the torque and the vibrations and the smell and oh my god it was just amazing so, so a little bit of a contradiction here because you you go e-racing then you jump into an eight liter v8 <laughs> uh, I, again, it is right and um, i mean are you can let's be let's be really blunt about this are you convinced with e-racing full stop <laughs> uh, i think it's highlighting what can be done and and it's and it's future of where, I mean, motor, motor racing has always pushed the boundaries and what can be done with technology and future technologies, and I think it's showcasing what can be done. Um, you know, for the likes of us that have grown up, that fell in love with the sounds and the smells, it's um, it's a harder thing to, to see, I guess, but, um, you know, but it's definitely got a place as, as has electric cars on the road, you know, everything fits into what, you know, the future of, of motoring and motorsport is. Can you describe the enormity of the McLaren organisation, having been there into into the head office, had a look around, and, and give people an understanding of you know what it takes for an organisation to to be in multiple series around the world? Uh, yeah, I mean it's just I guess it was also my first taste of being part of a, a big corporation. I guess you know they have over three thousand employees there in, in McLaren and Woking, and you know you have the automotive side of it, but then you have the racing side of it, and you just go into one division that you know will be working on the, the front wing of the F1 car and, you know, and just the componentry that's involved with that, but then the people making that componentry. And, and it's just, it's just so huge and so vast. And I think the thing that was really so obvious through it all was just that absolute uh, focus on excellence. You know, when you come from being a privateer in New Zealand where budget and team and personnel, everything's a bit limited, you go to an, a, a place like that where, you know, money isn't, isn't the limit. It's what can you think of? What can you dream of? What What is going to be the solution to this problem? So it's a really exciting um, environment to be in. Do you think Zach Brown has made a difference since he's been there? I think he's definitely, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, the fact that McLaren has got involved with all these different kinds of motorsports, um, you know, there's a lot of um, passion out there for what we're doing or what they're doing and all the different, um, you know, motorsports like IndyCar and the E-Series and, and F1 and, and just seeing how they um, you know transformed their season last year in F1. I mean, it was really inspiring to go from being near the back of the field to, to being, you know, sort of the next best to Red Bull. I think that was truly, um, truly impressive to be able to do that whilst the season was happening. How does an aspiring equestrian become a motor racing driver? <laughs> I was I was flabbergasted when I read that equestrian and was your your first love and you were you were sort of getting on that development path towards national representation. Yeah, I, again, I, I sometimes ask myself that question. I don't know. I, there's a lot of similarities with, with driving and horse riding, which sounds crazy, but you know when you're driving a car fast on a gravel road, you know a lot of it is 
from the feel of your seat and your hand-eye coordination and, and that, that buzz you get when the car is just doing what you want it to do as it, it glides and dances on the loose surface from apex to apex. It's like when you're at one with a horse and, it, and it's doing as you want it to. But the, the crazy thing is I feel a lot safer in a car than I, I ever did on the horses. So, um, yeah, people go, gosh, you know, crazy rally driving, that's dangerous. And I was like, yeah, horse riding's up there. <laughs> just def- uh, excuse the excuse the obvious pun, but different types of horsepower, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but <laughs> haven't heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the sort of motorsport was sort of sort of in your DNA. Dad was a mechanic, right? Yeah, yeah. So my dad, uh, mechanic, and then my granddad on my mum's side, um, he was also a mechanic. He came out from Germany in the 50s to be a Volkswagen technician out here in New Zealand. So, yeah, so always around cars. Um, wherever we went as children, we were always went really quickly. Um, if I was riding pillion on my dad's motorbike, it was always about overtaking everything. So, um, yeah, so I just, I just grew up with speed. How hard was it being a woman in the early days to f- to fight your way through to say, hang on, I'm just as competitive as you? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question because I'll never know what it would be like if I'd been a male, you know, with my talent, you know, how what, what the path would have been like. For me, I've always focused on the positives that have come from it. And coming from equestrian, there was no gender in equestrian either. So for me, I never really mm. thought about the gender, you know, it was just, you're just competing. And... For me, it's always been a point of difference. You've always stood out. People remember you. And, and a, a lot of the opportunities I got overseas were due to me being a female driver. And a lot of my male counterparts, you know, that were equal ability to me, they didn't get those same opportunities. So for me, I've always focused on the positives of it. Um, and, you know, and I think that it's something that I sort of try and celebrate because a lot of people want to sort of say how hard it has been a female but there's been a lot of men that have helped me to get to where I've got to you know so it's um you know it's been it's been more positive experience than negative I suppose is what I would say. Do you see yourself as a source for inspiration for young women? Yeah I guess so um it's not I mean it's not what I've set out to be I've just set out to do the job that I can and, and represent myself proudly, I guess. Um, but if I inspire others, then that's great, male or female. Um, I think, you know, I think something that probably um, a lot of people have, have commended me on is that I've had the resilience to, to stick through the pretty shitty seasons that motorsport can sometimes deal you. And, um, and I've continued to love the sport and continue to kind of keep coming back at it, even when it's definitely tested my resolve. And, and I think that's sort of... Um, it's inspiration for, for anyone in terms of life, you know. It's not always plain sailing and, and sometimes it can be pretty disappointing. But um, if you focus on why you do something and why you love it, um, you know, that's why you keep doing it. Do you, do you think motorsport has helped you navigate the challenges of being a successful businesswoman? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I've been very fortunate. I had, I've had an amazingly long relationship with um, Vantage Windows and Doors, and Craig Vincent is like a mentor and a friend, and um, he was a co-driver for Possum um, back in the day. And, you know, being around top business people through the connections I've had with motorsport um, has really sort of influenced how I, you know, treat a business as well, and likewise managing a budget for your rally team is the same as managing the budget for your business and, you know, and doing what you say you're going to do. All those, you know, same principles that, that apply. And then I've been very fortunate that, you know, a company like Suzuki 
um, through my motorsport connections with them, then gave me a shot at being a, a dealer principal at a dealership in Dunedin, you know, when I was pretty young and inexperienced. But Suzuki said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll give her a shot. So, yeah, there's been that crossover that's definitely influenced my, my business for sure. So when are you getting back in a car? And are you going to get back in a car? <laughs> definitely going to get back in my rally car for sure. Um, it's just been a sort of a timing because it's kind of come up to Christmas just as I'm feeling well again. So hoping to be doing the testing for the New Zealand Championship um, in March. So running again with um, Hayden Patton and his crew out of Cromwell. They do an amazing job running my car out of there. So looking forward to doing some testing in March. So yeah, can't wait to get back in the car. Sitting from where you sit, it's quite interesting looking at Hayden's journey, isn't it? I mean, he's got he's, he's uber talented, probably could still be racing in W. WRC one, but said to me the other day, it's actually better competition WRC two because it's like thirty other guys rather than six or seven in yeah. WRC one. Correct, yeah, and and you're all in equal machinery. I mean, it's what was so great about the production series, you know, 10, 15 years ago was you've got that equal machinery like we have in the WRC two category, and you've got all the top drivers, you know, pushing as hard as possible. And I mean, what he did last year, winning the um, the European Rally title, first non European to do it, um, you know, that, that's amazing. And and we should be so proud of what Hayden continues to achieve. And you know, as a driver here competing in New Zealand, feel very fortunate that we have someone of his calibre to to measure ourselves against. So now your latest side hustle, coming on the telly with me. <laughs> Uh, what, what was your first reaction when they asked you from the Super Sprint uh, crew? Uh, I was really honoured to be asked, actually. I'm, I'm quite nervous. Uh, it's very different. Like, I'm, I'm used to being interviewed, not doing the interviewing or, or sharing my, um, my advice and experience and that type of things. But my, my thoughts were that I'm going to be learning from the best, so um, it can't be a bad opportunity, can it? Jeez, <laughs> you are such a sweet talker. <laughs> I mean, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't think long hours shitty pay? <laughs> oh, I've, I've been around motorsport. Come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm... I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. Mate, we'll have some fun, and I'm looking forward to hooking up and uh, having some fun, and, and maybe showing you the ropes a little bit to him. But let, let me say, you, you can jabber. It's okay. You're a jabberer, and that's and I've I've, I've survived jabbering for thirty odd years, so you'll be okay. Uh, I'm I'm really happy that you're uh, almost you know 100 fully fit too, because that one I've just been watching. You didn't look 100 percent on your Insta profiles and stuff you've been putting out, and you can just tell in someone's eyes. But really happy yep. that you are close to 100, and uh, I'll see you in talk next week. Look forward to it. Thank you very much.